This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith and Guffy. And I'm back. I'm Mike Templeton. Hey, man. It's good to have the whole team back together. <laughs> yeah, I listened to last week's episode. Definitely listened to Mike there. It was. It was. We needed a little bit more positivity for the 87 series. <laughs> you know, I would have been excited to see Slash. Like, I'm a little, little bummed I didn't get to see that episode. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on... Uh anything no because i didn't watch it after all so (laughs) So, uh but you know who knows maybe i'll watch it and we'll do some bonus content there you go i was gonna say no one's stopping you but i won't be the one forcing you Uh, i appreciate it thank you Um, the slash one is the better of the two if you were you know looking to only watch one but I'm not gonna no, no, man. I love I love Splinter showing up and trying to one up Leo on the skateboards, and then immediately just feeling, like, oh man, he's too good. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh wow, he's he's good. I really bit off more than I could chew here. Yeah. <laughs> like I do vaguely remember that though. So yeah, it's also got the skateboard that came with the uh, Turtles in Disguise pack. That's where that skateboard came from. Yeah, that one with the like little shell on it and stuff. Yep. Like you gotta hand it to Mecca. Like they are really good at including things that like are from very specific episodes. Like um, I was talking to Jason on uh, Turtle Recall last night, and the for the uh, per I can't remember what the NECA, the SDCC set is called permutation permeation of permutation premonition premonition of, of mutation. Um, so Baxter comes with the turtles in like the little lab jar from yes. Incredible Shrinking Turtles. Mm, that's awesome. And like, yeah, like that's 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 a really neat, really neat touch. So, well, uh, Spencer, what are we doing tonight? Tonight we're covering issues fifteen, sixteen, and seventeen. Of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume 3, also known as Urban Legends or the Image Run. So that's uh, untitled, untitled, and untitled. That joke is never going to get old. <laughs> nope. I we mean, only got like 10 more issues to do it with, right? <laughs> yeah, we've only got yeah, about you I... know, three more episodes of this anyway. So <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in the, we're three, in the home more. stretch. We're in the home stretch. We might as well burn that joke into the ground. Yeah. yeah. You're at least going to have to listen to it three or four more times. Yeah. Appreciate it. Hope you guys appreciate it. But yeah, like these, these issues are, we're kind of getting back to the plots that began in earlier on in the series before it <laughs> 15 like it issues ago, incredibly sidetracked by yeah, right. everyone else in the image universe. 
much like the early Mirage series, like there's almost like a guest era in the middle of this with the whole Vanguard and Death Watch arc, you know? Yeah, but but like the difference is though for me with that is that like in Mirage, like Shredder was dead. And so like it was kind of okay for him to stay dead for a while while they did other adventures. Mm-hmm. Like this, it's like Splitter's been a bat for a very long time. Like one of the <laughs> characters has been the way he is for a while now. <laughs> He's been a bat so long that he was able to fly all the way to Chicago and back of his yeah. own volition. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I will I will say like these are probably some of the strongest of the issue of the image runs so far. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, like I think I think it, it and it, it's kind of funny to say like you know 15 issues in they finally figured out <laughs> how everything works. But uh, yeah, spoiler alert! I really like these three. Yeah, well, I think I think the series started out strong, like at the very beginning. It, I, like I said, it, it just seems like it gets really sidetracked, especially with the whole Death Watch arc. The Death Watch arc. Yeah. Sorry. There Death we go. Watch there we go. Arc. There you go. Yeah, I tend to agree. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we start singing all the praises, maybe we should tell you what these issues are about. Yeah, let me fill you in. I segue. Let me tell you the story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So first issue is mine, number 15, published in May of 1998. Man, I was like a whole year old at this point. So our story is by Gary Carlson. Our art is by Frank Fosco. Our inks by Mark Hike, colors by Adam Gazowski, letters by Pat Brousseau, which I believe is a new name. The original series editor, Eric Larson, editor, Megan Brown. So for those that haven't listened to our previous episodes, these weren't originally in color. So Adam Gazowski and the some of the later editors, the ones that aren't Eric Larson, uh, are from the urban legends run so that's specifically what i'm quoting from here because the urban legends run was colored while the original was not anyway our story starts with everyone or you know well not everyone but you know mikey and leo and don back at a uh, mikey's space at april's don is floating in some sort of like back to tank-esque tank you know just some sort of like life support healy floating in slimy gel kind of thing going on uh Mike fills Casey and April in on everything that's happened while Leo accesses the astral plane to see if he can find Dawn out there somewhere as a spirit. Also, more of Mikey's poems and short stories are being published, so good for him. Meanwhile, a foot mystic named Cheng is working on curing Splinter. He's going to need Raph's mystic energies and spirit energies to help him, so he does some stuff and puts his hands on his head, and now Raph is on the astral plane, witnessing Bat Splinter strangle Donatello's soul. He separates them, and we learn that Don was trying to get help from him to get back to his body. Leo shows up and lets Don know he knows exactly where his body's at. Suddenly, everyone's getting like pulled away back to bodies. Leo wakes up in Raph's body and panics after seeing that he is surrounded by the foot and seeing Shredder's helmet, and Splinter in a cage. 
Then Chang immediately puts him back to sleep with some sleeping powder stuff that he blows into his face and tries to fix things. Back at Mike's place, Don wakes up in Leo's body and has a freak out, and he smashes open the tank with his body in it because he wants his body back. It washes over Mikey's apartment in like, like a tidal wave and blows, you know, knocks everyone down and messes everything up. But Mikey finally gets up and gets to Leo, and he learns that uh, Leo is back in his body now. They check Don's body, and he's alive. When he finally comes to, we learn that his armor still works, but it's harder now to do it without the CPU, but it really should be like the AI or like operating system or something, not the CPU, because anyway, computers. But anyway, now that they're all together, Leo tells him that tells them that he knows where Raph is. They need to go get him and Splinter from the Shredder. To be continued. Bum, bum, bum. To be continued right now in TMNT Volume 3, Number 16, originally published July of 1998, written by Gary Carlson, pencils by Frank Fosco, inks by Mark Hike, letters by Pat Brousseau, and colors for the Urban Legends version by Adam Gazowski. So Leo's out on patrol following up on a lead from Michelangelo on the Foot Clan's location when a nasty silhouette appears behind him. It's the Shredder. Leo attacks only to realize it's actually Donatello. Don's armor must be reacting to his subconscious thoughts. He's got uh, Shredder on the brain and his armor reconfigured to look like Shredder's. Don configures it back to his new look. Mike comes across the two of them and leads them to the old Oriental Palace Theater, the new headquarters of the Foot Clan. On the roof, they spy two of Shredder's elite guards. Mike and Leo take them out and don their clothes to infiltrate the theater. Donatello reconfigures his armor to also look like an elite guard, and they break into the theater and see Shredder and Splinter up on the stage while the Foot Clan is training on the floor. Splinter smells the turtles, and he gives away their location, blowing their cover. Leo calls dibs on Shredder. Don says he'll keep Splinter safe, which leaves Michelangelo with all the all with all of the leftovers. <clears throat> Excuse me. He fights a few of the Foot Clan members before his hat is knocked off, revealing him as a turtle. Surprisingly, the Foot Clan members bow to him. Leo confronts the Shredder, hoping to go three for three and killing his mortal enemy, when Raphael reveals himself to be the new Shredder. The two share a quick laugh, and Leo mentions that Splinter would hate Raph's new career choice, but Raph says Splinter actually hates them just as much as he hates the Shredder right now. Leo still has the rabies antidote he got from Night Watchmen back in issue nine, but the foot mystic Chang interrupts and says it will not work due to the virus and Splinter continuing to mutate. Instead, they must all enter the astral plane to confront Splinter while Chang borrows some of their physical strength to return Splinter to his rat form. It takes some convincing for Don and Mike to join. You know, Don almost died there several times already in the astral plane, spooks Michelangelo, but all four turtles are eventually transferred to the astral plane. There they confront Splinter, who soundly wallops them. Chang thought Splinter's sense of self might be tied to his ninja training, so now they have to fight a giant bat monster who also remembers how to do ninjutsu, and they are greatly outmatched. Splinter disarms Leo and is about to finish off Donatello when Raphael stabs him in the back with a sigh. Splinter reverts to his normal rat form and tells Raph that his nightmare has ended and that he's proud of Raph. Raph tries to comfort Splinter as he calls his brothers for help. The end. So issue number 17, same creative team, released in September 1998. Our story concludes with Leonardo, Raph, and Donatello investigating the mausoleum that they've set up shopping, searching for any signs of intrusion. 
Leo goes off on his own to investigate, fearing that Raph and Don that Raph and Don's armor isn't stealthy enough. The ninja returns a few moments later, holding the culprits that in, that infiltrated two bunny rabbits. Donatello states that he has to go to Pittsburgh to get some parts and offers to give his brothers a ride. Raph tells his brother that he's got to go back to training his foot soldiers, and Leo wants to go along to help out, but Raph refuses the offer, telling Leo that there can only be one person giving the orders in the foot, and Leo is not the one to do that. Leo, feeling dejected, but realizes Raph is right, Donnie offers to take Leo to Pittsburgh anyway, but Leo says he doesn't want to sit for that long, so he heads into the sewers to get some exercise as Donnie flies off in the, in the air car. Nearby, we see two men in black suits and sunglasses spying on the turtles. As Leo walks through the sewer, he's suddenly shot. A group of hunters are there, and they begin to chase the turtle. Leo takes cover and then spots another group of men carrying firearms. The ninja turtle decides that he get out of the sewer. Leo avoids the man and takes cover in an alley before escaping their pursuit and heading over to Casey and April's apartment. But unfortunately, the turtle tries to escape to grab a fire escape bars outside of Casey's window and he slips and falls. Casey is shaving inside and congratulates himself for thinking of putting Vaseline on the fire escape to warn the would-be to warn him of would-be attackers. Casey calls out to the threat and Leo sticks his head through the window and surprises Casey. He's got an arm full of buckshot that needs attention, so, Leo, so Casey tends to Leo's wound. He reveals that there have been reports of giant alligators that have killed and eaten two children playing in the sewers. Leo scoffs at the notion, stating that the turtles killed off all of the alligators in the sewers when they were kids. After getting patched up and, patched up and saying goodbye to Shadow, Leo heads down to Mikey's apartment. There he finds Mikey hard at work at his new novel, which is why he hasn't been with his brothers lately. Leo is visibly upset that Mikey is wasting his time writing, but Mikey won't budge on the matter. He's got a $3,000 advance from his publisher. As the two argue, Splinter calls out to them to quit fighting. Leo goes into the next room and we see Master Splinter back to normal, resting in a rocking chair with Clunk the cat on his lap. Leo apologizes to his sensei for the disruption and they briefly discuss the giant gator threat. Splinter tells Leo that the men are seeking a reward for capturing the creature, and Leo insists that there are no giant alligators in the sewer. But Splinter reminds him of what? Leatherhead! Leo decides that he has to find Leatherhead immediately and find out what's going on. He asks Mikey to come along, but Mikey wants to keep writing, so Leo's once again upset by this, but leaves anyway. Casey and April arrive with pizza, and Leonardo asks Jones if he wants to assist him in the hunt for Leatherhead, but Casey has to work later and can't go until the morning. Leo gets angry, proclaiming that Leatherhead could be dead by the morning and stalks off, slamming the door behind him. Casey and Mikey consider going after the angry ninja, but Splinter tells them that they have their own affairs to attend to. Down in the sewers, Leo finds numerous dead hunters, all mauled by something with large teeth. As the mutant follows the path of corpses, he comes upon a warning written in blood on the walls. I am I waiting, turtles. Leo breaks in and Leo breaks into a run and recalls the events of TMNT Volume 1, Number 45, where Leatherhead apparently lost his mind. The Ninja Turtle decides that the Leatherhead is the culprit behind these murders and he has to be stopped. So he hurries to their old lair where they slash saw Leatherhead. Upon arrival, Leo spots Leatherhead and draws his blades, where Leo leaps over the massive gator's back and confronts him. Okay, Leatherhead, you decide. Do we talk or fight? But much to Leonardo's surprise, Leatherhead is bound and gagged. As the mutant gator tries to warn Leo, the ninja is attacked by, from behind by Lord Komodo and his Komodo dragon minions.
to be continued. Bum, bum, bum. What a cliffhanger. That was pretty good. Yeah. No, like, I, I definitely like how this shapes up, especially that final issue, number 17. It's really rounding out, having some good drama. But anyway, let's uh, maybe talk about little things we noticed in the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. I'll be honest, I don't have anything for 15 or 16, but I have a lot for 17. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't have anything for 15 or 16 either. Yeah, there's, there's not much that I noticed except... There were a there's a lot of callbacks that they didn't do in previous issues. There's a lot of callbacks to volume one, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice that they're doing like these kind of references. Yeah. No, you get some stuff wrong though. Like uh in 17, Leo says that the Utrons went back to their own dimension. But that's they're just from another planet in the Mirage series, not another dimension. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a case. I think that's the cases of them kind of combining the cartoon, you know, Dimension X. Yeah, yeah. They did that with like Mutagen earlier too. That like yeah. It turns you into the last thing you touch, but that's a cartoon thing, not a mirage thing. So yeah. Yeah, it happens. Cartoon <laughs> sometimes kind of bleeds in just a little bit. Yeah. Kind of happened during the guest era too. You was the cartoon still running at this time too? Uh 1998. Uh, it was not. So remember, it was 87 to 96. So we are officially past the cartoon era now. Yeah, the night the next mutation aired in 97. In yeah, America. so we are just, I believe we're just post next mutation now. Yeah. Because wow. it only ran for the it only ran for the one season. Yeah. Yeah. So then like this comic's gonna end, and there's gonna be a huge break in Ninja Turtles until i think volume four maybe starts in like 2000 i want to say the card the, the volume four started before uh, before uh volume four was 2001 yeah 2001 yeah that's what i was thinking too there'll be a big probably about three to two to three years of no turtles just empty and in fact it's december 2001 so just barely 2001 <laughs> yeah so it's going to be like probably about three years there was just no Ninja Turtles at all, not even comic books. Madness. You know, which is which is healthy. Like, as, as much as that kind of sucks, like, oh, there's no Turtles for a time period. Like, mm-hmm. long franchises like this kind of need that rest period. Especially, yeah. like, because Turtle Mania was so big. No, it definitely needed time to reform itself and kind of find itself again in, in the 2003 series. And in Volume 4 as well. Um, let's see what other notes do I have um, so the very last page of issue 17 there's an editor's note that I think is just wrong it says uh, to see volume 2 issues 1 through 5 yeah I think I'm about three. I think about volume 3 and last we heard Lord Komodo was back in Thailand so I don't know how he got back to the sewers of New York but there you go well I mean we don't know for sure if it's I mean, he calls himself Komodo, but like it's the Komodo dragon form that we hadn't seen. Oh, okay. Hmm. So I, I'm kind of like, is it actually Lord Komodo? Oh, that's right. Because then they they mutated a Komodo on accident, didn't they? Yeah. Okay. I have to go back and look at it now. I'm now I'm questioning everything. Remember, like when they when they first fought Pimico. 
when they like tried to save Splinter, it's when they lost Splinter. Like they, the yeah. scientists accidentally injected a Komodo dragon. Okay, so a, this yeah. is the injected Komodo dragon then. I think that's what Mike is implying, yes. Okay, I think you're right, actually, because I think I remember something about there being Lord Komodo and King Komodo, and I think he's like King Komodo, and the other guy was Lord Komodo or something, something like that. Well, that's not confusing. Yeah, it's not confusing at all. <laughs> Made perfect sense to me. Well, mm-hmm. well, well, I'm sure we'll get the details ironed out in the next few issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I guess we only saw him in one page. We don't need to know everything about him just quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, I was gonna say Raphael does a, a homage to the shadow. He kind of like wraps his cloak around himself oh, yeah. and says, "Who knows what, what, what evil thing, lurks in the heart of turtles?" The heart of turtles. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good reference. Um, I noticed it's been a while since we've had a Chet watch. Yeah, I think the yeah. Chet joke is over at least during Urban Legends, since it's not Eastman and Laird writing. Yeah, working on it. We'll keep our better. eyes peeled, though, gentle listener. We'll find them for you yeah also it's this issue number 17 that uh is why i decided to include some of the guest era in our volume one read through because at that time i thought the guest era was everything that wasn't included in the ultimate collection i didn't realize that those issues right before well not everything but like i didn't realize that there was a few issues right before city at war and shades of gray that were actually canon and not part of the guest era and leatherhead was one of them so i kind of yeah so i i thought that you know some of this stuff was called back to urban legends i knew for sure the leatherhead one was so i wanted to include it and so i was like well i might as well you know just try and include what else uh could be considered you know whatever else i guess doesn't break canon but uh little did i know it actually was a canon issue so oops but you know we still got to read some of the guests <laughs> the guest era anyway and we'll I think we picked i think we picked and choose uh just enough of it <laughs> yeah well and we'll be going back and covering what we missed the real yeah. the real zany stuff the totally insane stuff yep the the completely super zany spaced out heading to mcweeny and oh, it was an Animaniacs joke. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Went over my head. In the Brainy. Animaniacs. There you go. All right. Anything else or should we truck along to anchovies? I think I think it's time to put some anchovies on this pizza. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call it All right. I've been I've been pretty tough on other things with it. In this one, I've just kind of come to realize that since the comic book medium, you're not supposed to think about voices. But Leo really didn't realize that Shredder was Raph. Like, the Raph was Shredder. Like, even just in the moments when he, like, first, like, just, like, appears in the, like, as as Raphael in bed, like, he couldn't put two and two together with the Shredder helmet being there and, like, a cape. Maybe he was just too panicked to be able to realize. But, you know, then after that, he can't realize when they first enter into his his little dojo <laughs> yeah well yeah, like, leo also didn't recognize that donatello wasn't the shredder so it's possible that any gleaming surface that leo sees he just assumes it's an enemy <laughs> yeah leo's leo's like a bull that sees like a waving red flag or something right like, he, just, <laughs> he, see, he sees shiny metal armor and just has to go it's 100%. Just, yeah it's just ptsd i guess still 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 there yeah 
I gotta say, I'm not a huge fan of body swapping in the first place, but I'll give it a pass here because at least it was like it was short and it did advance the plot somewhat. It wasn't just like a filler funny issue or anything. It actually helped the turtles figure out where the other turtles were, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Help Leo yeah. know where Raph was so that we were able to move there finally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Leo wakes up, he sees an empty shredder helmet. He's like, ah, Raph's been kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. Never mind the spikes on my shoulders. like Right. And the cape. Yeah, everything. I don't know. I thought it was a little disjointed from the last issue, too, because uh, it ends with, like, Raphael being attacked. And then we kind of just, like, jump forward to him already being, like, succumbing to rabies or something. Yeah. Yeah, like, it felt, it felt like I missed a lot. Um, I think that was kind of my thing with these three issues is, like, there's no real there's no real like sense of how much time has passed between issues mm-hmm. uh, especially like like from this issue and the last one where like splinter stabbed you know because that was the thing is like splinter stabbed raf with the trident and then like you know when it opens up it's like he's got scratch wounds on his neck and it's like that's not i don't remember that yeah um and then also like for issue 17 like everything kind of wrapped up in issue 18 like splinters back to normal and we don't know how much time has passed from 18 to or from 16 to 17 yeah that was my big answer with 17 was it was like it almost felt like it didn't even resolve what happened in 16 it was like the graphs stabbed splinter and then we just opened with something completely different in issue yeah. 17 yeah. but it's like oh i guess he's fine <laughs> no yeah <laughs> dabbing him was just the trick just the ticket we did it guys we killed our master that's exactly (laughs) who knew that's all we needed to do yeah well oh he's not a bat anymore i mean he's not alive anymore but he's not a bat anymore (laughs) he's all better now um but yeah like these are i mean they're good but yeah I, i don't know i'm kind of rambling because it's been a long day. <laughs> Sorry. I got, I got one more anchovy for issue 16, uh, the middle issue, which is that like Leo has been carrying around this antidote for like nine issues. They don't even try it. They just immediately go to whatever, was it Chang? Whatever he wants to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. The guy's been carrying this MacGuffin well, around since Chicago. Well, okay, actually, I will defend that because the reason why they didn't use it was because Chang tells them that the mutation that the mutagen has already mutated uh, the virus inside of Splinter, so the antidote that Leo had from nine months ago uh, isn't going to work anymore. Mm. Is that and also didn't they get him with the antidote, uh, like with it back in in Chicago? Well, I think I think they got him yeah. with the gaseous version of it. They didn't get him with like the direct. Uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't style. get him with like. Yeah, they didn't get him with like the the injected one. They got him yeah. with that. I think they just hit him with a gas grenade. I don't. And it was the same gas grenade they used against the humans that were transformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not. But not this one. So Cheng specifically does say it's not going to work because the virus has already mutated so much inside of Splinter. I think Cheng's just so bluffing. But credit where credits due, they do address it on the page. Um, what what I don't is like Leo is so like he's just so annoyed at everybody, mm. and it's like Leo doesn't ever like 
he doesn't ever chill. Like we, we, we either get like two extremes of Leo in the series. And it's like, he's either like very careless towards his brothers, like and their opinions and, and feelings, or he's just angry that like, nobody wants to hang out with them. Uh. <laughs> and that's, as like, that's not Leo to me. And it's just kind of, it's just kind of annoying to see this, like this version of Leo kind of be reduced to that. Yeah, he's got kind of the same conflict that he did in volume two, where like he's he's kind of upset that like the group is breaking up, but he's much more like mopey about it and like uh antagonistic about it in this series than he was back in volume two. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, is like I would love to see that be the character arc for Leo in this series. Mm-hmm. If like, you know, but they never but he's never he never says anything like that. He's more just annoyed that like I just want to go exercise. Like he doesn't say, Hey, do you want to come with me or something like that? Yeah. You know, like the, the true character growth that, you know, that I saw was when he literally was like, you know what? Raph's right. I'm not a follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a good bit. You know, that, that was a good bit. Yeah. But other than, other than that, like Leo's just so annoying. Yeah. My, my, I guess my tiny thing for uh, this one is that uh, the whole uh, well here here you go horny turtle alert. The turtles like mentioning that they would like sneak into this theater to watch porno flicks. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's just like <laughs> this is something I wanted to think about, guys. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to think about the Ninja Turtles doing this. Like that that is not it's yeah. Like wh- why did you have to do this to me? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I like, and I saw that, I saw that gag and I'm like, you know what? It's image, of course. Yeah. There's a, there's a good like right. short story called Kung Fu Theater, which is like them fighting the foot soldiers at a theater. And I was wow. really, really hoping it was the same theater and it is not. And I was very sad about that. Nope. Instead, it's the, the porno theater. <laughs> instead, it's a, a separate porno theater. Yes. Yeah. Hold, hold everyone. Uh, the other thing is, is like, what was up with the foot elite outside of the the thing? Because like, I, for a minute, I thought they were maybe guards, but then I guess they were spying on them. Because Raf later says like, we're gonna see if there's any more foot elite spying on us. And I don't think this series ever follows up on that plot thread. Okay, so, I was wondering that too because oh, I I wrote that down as an anchovy as well because I was like, I thought they were all killed, and even even Raf mentions that. But then yeah. the next one, he's like, why are they spying on me? But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye out for if that ever gets wrapped up. I don't remember. I also don't remember it being wrapped up because maybe it like, does to a very a much smaller. No, because they're loyal to the shredder. Yeah, I we'll see. Yeah, it, it might. It actually might. Now that I'm thinking about the ending they wrote for this series, they might. You might be able to tweak it in your brain to say that it wrapped it up. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll we'll keep reading before we criticize that one. I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all I've got. So that's for 16. Yeah. I've just got one for 17. Yeah. Which uh, is this really confusing moment where. So Michelangelo isn't there because he's writing his poems. Uh, and they're looking at the mausoleum. And Donnie says that Mikey's poems are goofy. And then we then cut to a panel of his binocular eyes, like zooming up on the door and looking. 
And then we then have Donatello word bubble again, saying that he likes Mikey's poems and responds to himself and asks Leo what he sees. And then Leo says that he doesn't see anything. I think there's some word bubbles got mixed up there and like some, like, I don't know, it's like someone just forgot who was doing what. Um, yeah, I yeah, got that too. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, Leo, I was like, Leo doesn't have any binoculars there. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like it, it's definitely Donatello using his eyes. So it should be Leo saying like, I actually like his poems. And then asking Donatello what he sees. And then Donatello saying he sees nothing. Because like, he like, like Donatello responds to himself between those two panels. Yeah. Him, you know, we're saying writing his goofy poems. Then he's like, I actually like his poems. Leo, what do you see? And it's like, dude, you just zoomed up on the on the thing with your binoculars. Yeah. yeah. I think Fosco drew the wrong turtle. <laughs> yeah. but it's hard to it's hard to make Leo look like not a cyborg once you've already drawn the cyborg. So <laughs> they just sent it to the printer. <laughs> Something, yeah. But it, yeah, it was kind of a weird moment for me where I was kind of confused. Some sort of error happened there. Yeah, the only other thing I could think was that that tiny bubble was actually supposed to be pointing all the way over to Raphael, but I'm not sure that's the case. Yeah, maybe. But that's it for me. That's the only complaint I had for 17. I actually thought it was fairly solid. I really yeah, liked it. Same. Like I said at the beginning, it felt like I skipped an issue, but uh, it, it caught up with me. So, mm-hmm. Should we talk about the things we love if we're done dragging these through the mud? I think so. Let's do it. Oh, I love being a turtle. So I do like that there's actually some peril to like messing around with the astral plane because there was a warning about it before, but like Leonardo seems to have like skated by thought there actually being any problems, but this time they mm. kind of really actually mess up and find, kind of find themselves in a little bit of trouble doing it. So I, I kind of like that. It's like, Oh yeah, they're, they don't exactly know what they're doing here. <laughs> yeah. I really like that the body swapping it's like it gives uh, Donatello the opportunity to take over Leo's body, to rip up a radiator and throw it at his own body. I, yeah, I, like that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and it's like he was so mad at that radiator. I know. Yeah, he's like, "Damn it, Mikey! I want my body back!" He crashes that window. So cool. And then I also I also like that in these issues, the turtles more than before they seem to like actually care about each other a little bit more than they have been in the past few issues where things have kind of seemed to kind of be like yeah uh like they don't really care about each other like they seem like they care a bit more in these and maybe it's just because they have splinter there to kind of be that suddenly warm fatherly figure which i'm just going to retcon in my brain as after a near-death experience he realized you know and it, it back with the rag king stuff during city of war he uh realized the value of his sons and his lives i, I don't know <laughs> You know, it's like they, they actually care about Raph being kidnapped, whereas like when Don was kidnapped, uh, they were kind of lackadaisical about getting him back, you know? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. when Splinter was kidnapped, uh, they let him fly away to Chicago. <laughs> so. Yeah, so I, I definitely like that they seem like they're kind of putting in more of like they, they care about each other stuff. Like it, it's kind of working its way in there. Yeah, I mean that because that was that was what I said. One of my biggest complaints to the series so far was is that they're so mean to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's nice to see that that's finally kind of changing. Yeah, yeah. I'd say that's probably the biggest flaw of this whole series is just their lack of empathy for each other towards the beginning of yeah. the series. Yeah, 
I gotta say, I, I love seeing My Michelangelo's favorite. successes too. Like he's he's selling more poems, and now he's selling short stories. It's great to see. Now he's working on a book, a whole novel that looks yeah. like it might actually pull through. Do you say something, Mike? Yeah, hang on. My headphones disconnected. Oh, okay. Okay. Did you say something? You you were saying something earlier, and we kind of interrupted you. I was wondering if no, you wanted to. No, that's that's fine. Just my headphones are disconnected, so I was trying to get you to say something so I can see if they were back. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, I was saying like uh, I said I already liked the brothers. Um, I feel like these three issues have had the best art so far in the series yeah and i'm reading the urban legends version and the coloring is still a little weird um like there's there's a shot of like casey and mikey and april standing in front of the tank that donnie was in and they're supposed to be reflections like through the slime on them like water uh reflections and it doesn't come across in the coloring very well but Mm -hmm. other than that like I think I think Frank Vosco like really has kind of honed in his look for the turtles. There's still some weird faces, but generally I think everything is kind of landed. And then they also gave Raph, like Shredder Raph, the tunic that I had said last time that he needed. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. Well, I mean, now he's had some time to be the shredder and you know, for have to someone actually like tailor him a tunic. You know, he couldn't wear yeah. human shredder's tunic before. Right. right that, that is true that is true it wouldn't have fit him yeah but but yeah like i think these issues kind of have addressed most of my issues uh with (laughs) volume three so far cool nice which is which sucks because like we're in the back half now so yeah like it's finally getting good and now it's almost over (laughs) yeah that's yep that's what this series does um i also kind of like all of them so like kind of going into like they're that being that more of like a bond and like they actually care for each other in this one kind of how they all have a laugh when they realize that Raphael's the shredder and like that you know everyone was all confused and they're just like happy that everyone's okay and just laughing at the absurdity of all of it like yeah you kind of just get a moment where like you're like oh, okay they they all care about each other you know they're glad to see everyone's okay this is kind of a funny moment for them it's just nice to see. Yeah, yeah, well, that was great. Yeah, I love. I like that there wasn't any drama around Raph being Shredder. They're always like, "Oh yeah, no, Raph was secretly evil this whole time." That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say too, should've I love when they should have should have saw that in coming. Yeah, I, yeah, really. <laughs> I also love the scene where they like pounce on those elite guards and and take their costumes. I always love a good like knock out the enemy and take their clothes bit and uh-huh. that. That like page of them just like dropping onto the the uh, Shredder Elite guards is awesome. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 a good bit. Like I I'm still confused at why they're there. You know, yeah, yeah. same. But it, it did create for that awesome page, and 
there's just something about the good guys dressing up in the bad guys clothes that'll always be fun mm-hmm. um issue 17 i like that leo mentions that they cleaned up the alligators in the sewer when they were kids yeah <laughs> that's a story i want to read yeah. that that was mine too i was also gonna say that just the, the him telling saying like yeah we killed all the giant alligators in this <laughs> yeah. yeah i was that at first i was like did we is that a tales issue we missed <laughs> there is like a future tales issue where they as kids run across leatherhead so maybe that's what they're referring to but like this was written before that right so yeah well i mean yeah like and so, i mean that that could have been like the star wars prequels like they were written after the fact to fill mm-hmm. the gap but yeah but I don't think they would have killed Leatherhead. Like, because that's the thing is like, they're like, oh, we killed all the alligators. So, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a story we haven't seen. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also just the delivery of this line though, that makes it so funny. Just Leonardo, just matter of fact, being like, there aren't any giant alligators in the sewers. We killed all of them funny. when we were kids. <laughs> it's funny because he's, he's, he's so adamant about it too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not like, and because like I think like Mikey suggests that it's Leatherhead, and then it's like he doesn't listen until Splinter says Leatherhead. Mm-hmm. I like too that then he uh, like he tries to convince Casey to come along with them. And Casey's like, "What about in the morning?" And Leo's like, "Well, Leatherhead will be dead in the morning." And Casey's like, "Who the heck is Leatherhead?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, was I, say, I, I really uh, like uh, Leo and Raph's like argument in the beginning of issue 17 about Leo like like he doesn't Leo doesn't want the family to break up so he's trying to kind of hang out with Raph but Raph's like you can't be around me because I'm the leader of the Foot Clan and you're too much of a stubborn hard ass to not be in charge of something and I need to be in charge of the Foot Clan it's great yeah. I, I like that dynamic I, I really like it too I also have that written down. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Spencer. And, we're just taking all your your. It's all good, uh, man. We're just we're just operating on the same wavelength. What's good is yeah. good. And he's also kind of like you know, it it's gonna confuse them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. They're gonna be like this guy that's supposed to be the boss man is now taking orders from some other boss man. Like, are this other guy's trying to correct him and questioning his authority? <laughs> this is getting out of hand. This is getting out of hand. There's two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's cool that they like bowed to Mikey too. This is back a couple issues ago, but like clearly they have uh, bounds of respect for the turtles now. Yeah. I also really like the people hunting the turtles in the sewer, like well, hunting in the sewer and that, you know, chasing after Leo and like hunting after him. Like I've, I've always kind of, I think that an aspect that would really work in modern days if people wanted to play with it is for the turtles, like amongst human beings to just be like cryptids. You know, like uh, cryptids are kind of cool amongst the youths uh, right now. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I, I really think that it would be kind of cool and kind of funny to have them be like a Bigfoot or, or you know, some sort of essentially urban legends of, of yeah. New, New York City. So I kind of like it there. Yeah, I real clever. Right. But just just to have people like hunting them, trying to like find them, you know, especially after some sort of sighting, you know, people that actually believe they exist uh, it could create for a good arc where you don't even necessarily need a big bad you know a, a bbeg like you just need people trying to find them and then having to find some way or relocate or you know find some way to to kind of get people off their trail um my last i love is 
I have it written under 17, but it kind of goes for the whole series that like, I just love that the series has never reverted back to the status quo. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, they kind of lost Don and then they lost Splinter. Now they're kind of getting them back, right? Like Don's, uh, the, the, the cyborg isn't in control of Don Tello anymore. Don's con- in control of the cyborg. Splinter's not a bat anymore. He's a rat again. But now they seem to have lost Raft to the Foot Clan. And in issue 17, we kind of see that they're losing Michelangelo to his writing career as well. So I like that the series has never just gone back to like every character living in the sewer together, having a good time. It's like everybody's kind of growing in their own way and, and getting away from the core team. And it, it keeps it, 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 it writes a lot of conflict that makes for a good story. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. makes for some good development. And then I, like, I, I will say that I just love getting to see Splinter Splinter again in this series. Like, it's like he's no longer a bat. We can finally see Splinter just being himself and also being a good dad because I like good dad Splinter. Him kind of being like, oh, no, no, no. Casey and Mike, don't go with him. Like, he needs to chill. He needs to learn to be alone. You guys have your things that you need to do. Do them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the great irony of a giant rat petting a cat on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> Good to see Clunk again, too, frankly. Yeah, I love Clunk. Love seeing him. So glad that, like, Sophie brought him back into the IDW series because he'd kind of disappeared for a little while there. Yeah. I was wondering if we'd ever get to see him or if Pepperoni was just going to be the resident turtle pet and we weren't going to get him. What a... <laughs> In a, in a book about mutant turtles, like the fact that they have a pet dinosaur is the weirdest thing to me. And not only that they have a pet dinosaur, but the Bebop and Rock Study also have a pet dinosaur. <laughs> I, think, I think them have, I don't know. I, I like it. Like it, it, I mean, turtles in time is a thing that goes back to the 80s. So like, I it think makes it's cool sense. too. I just think it's like insanely weird that that's what I accept in this book nowadays is that like everyone will have a pet dinosaur. No questions asked. Yeah. I actually do. I think it's. I think it's funny that Pepperoni grows up to be like bipedal, like mutant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in the future timeline. Well, doesn't Bebop and Rocksteady's is it anchovy? Is that their raptor name? Doesn't he like play the drums or something? Yeah, like he had had drumsticks at one point. You think is he already intelligent? Did he already become intelligent? I have to go back and read. He's probably as smart as Bebop and Rocksteady, at least. Fair enough. I think he might have been like no maybe he hasn't been I don't know I'd have to I have to go back I have to go back and read Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything or not destroy everything um Bebop and Rocksteady hit the road I think that's where you kind of get more stuff with anchovy but Mm -hmm. I I love those books I I like I used to kind of have like a, a disdain for Bebop and Rocksteady but IDW has made me made me really like them because like they're still stupid but it's like in all the right ways and they're still like kind of a force of nature like they just don't feel like a waste of space that's kind of there to be dumb and annoying (laughs) they're just fun i really like them so definitely like we said some of the strongest of the image runs so far um i actually like reading them i wouldn't i wouldn't mind moving forward and reading the next couple oh yeah no i'm actually excited for the next few to come along home stretch we only got he said three four more episodes of this series yeah, i think there's 26 25 issues something like that so we've 
you write the schedule, man. You should know. <laughs> you write the schedule, but I just, I, you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time and I decide what we're reading <laughs> one week at a time. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. All right, Let's well, talk about news. Take us into the news. April O'Neil, Channel 9 News. Uh, Channel 6 News. Uh, so in news today, capping off Monster Mayhem, NECA revealed the last figure of the Universal Monsters Cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles line, which was Splinter as Van Helsing. Uh, I am going to give myself partial credit for that because my original pick was Splinter as the Wolfman and Casey as Van Helsing. Uh, but if they give Casey as the Wolfman with Elias Codius likeness, I get my full point for that. Does the jury agree? Uh, does the council agree? Did you say I do not agree? A, a full point. point for that? No, you're just a picking what's left point. over. I won't get two points. I'll get one. I'll get a half point now, and I get a full point if if Casey as Wolfman happens. A half point now seems like a lot. I would go up to a quarter. Point. But 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 that's the thing is because I, I think you also him. said Shredder is Van Helsing. No, I, I've always said Shredder is Dracula. Mm. Shredder, Shredder's Dracula was always my thing and then Donnie as the Invisible Man and then the other two were Splinter as Wolfman and then Van Helsing Casey with the Elias Cody as Lightness I don't know I think you're rewriting history here it's on Twitter I put it out there it's in print time stamped and everything so, I think it's going to be uh, hard to do uh, Casey as a Wolfman because how would the Wolfman wear a mask and also well, so attack people? Well, I mean that's and that's the thing. So, so for the Wolfman figure that NECA has already done, like they have um, swappable parts, and so like they can sculpt like a broken mask or something like on the Wolf. You know what I mean? Mm. Like like the Wolf's snout like broke through it. But anyway, we're not talking about hypothetical figures. We're talking about the one that was actually revealed. Uh, so the uh, Splinter as Van Helsing figure is pretty cool. They've only really released, like, I think it's just the one photo so far, but it's Splinter, like, standing at this cool, like, table with the cult items on it. And you can see he's got a brand new jacket overlay with cool sleeves, a new hat that's designed to fit his head, a cloak. And then because it's the 1990s Splinter, he's got the little scrawny legs peeking out from under the jacket. And it just cracks me up so much. Yeah. That figure has a hard time standing when he's not weighed down with a bunch of uh, like cloaks and hats and whatnot. But why couldn't they yeah. give him some pants? Like, why couldn't, yeah, like you gave him the cool jacket overlay, like put some cool pants on him too. Right. But um, so no release date on that. Uh, you can go find the pictures on NECA's Instagram and Twitter um, and Facebook. And yeah. Well, if that's all we have for news, uh, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we'll be covering episodes 20, 21, and 22 of season four of the 1987 series. So that is Where Rats from Channel 6, Funny, They Shrunk Michelangelo, and The Big Zip Attack. We're getting another shrinking episode? Uh, it's Apparently. been so long since we've had one. I kind of missed him. Yeah. But it's only Michelangelo this time, allegedly. 
Well, we'll see about that, I guess. Next time on Ninja Turtle Power Hour. That's it. That's our signing. That's the Dragon Ball ring. Anyway, <laughs> uh, guys, thank you again for listening to another episode of Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We love you all so, so much and that you're here every week. Uh, next episode, we will have the winner of the uh, giveaway that I decided we were going to do almost a month ago for the free uh, comic book day issue. Um, so we'll have the winner. All you have to do is join our Discord to get into that drawing. Um, and uh, yeah, if you guys like the show, please let us know somewhere on the internet, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, leave a review, five stars if you can, that'd be great. Uh, remember to check the show out on Anchor, Spotify, and Facebook. Uh, remember, you can just listen right there in the app. And uh, yeah, that's it. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. Maybe you better decide if you're a writer or a ninja. Can I be both? Yeah, you can be both. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If it pays a $3,000 advance. That's crazy for, for a first book. Yeah. Like he's, he's writing Twilight or something right there. Well, yeah, I mean, he's writing Twilight and they know it's already Twilight. <laughs> like it's, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because uh, it is the romance novel, isn't it? Yeah. And he's writing so. at this point. And I think it's called A Rose Among Thorns, which is a beautiful title. Truly, truly oh, is. All right, who wants what next week? Uh, I'll take the shrinking episode. Okay, I was going to volunteer as tribute, but it's all yours. Um, I'll be doing... What were the other two? I can't even remember their names. Just you pick Keith. Just a sec. Uh, let's see. Where are rats from channel... I'm going to give you Where are rats from channel six. Oh, that wait a minute! Vernon turns into a rat that I've never seen. Oh, you know what? Can I take that one because I have the channel six set with yeah, the wear rats? Yes, yeah, you, you can. I'll take the shrinking episode. Okay, I'm going to take the big zip attack then. Which uh, I don't know. It sounds racist. But I'm not sure how. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, knowing eighty-seven. <laughs> Oh. boy big you sound like great episodes <laughs> i know all right guys i'm gonna go eat dinner because it's getting cold yeah i'm gonna jump off here
right. Take how's care, the, guys. How's the, how's the baby, Keith? Uh, she eats. She poops. She screams. Um, that, that's, well, that's baby. Sleep, too? Uh, she sleeps Does she not sleep at all? She oh, sleeps okay. a little Only bit, yeah, but, yeah, you know, newborns are very adorable, but they're also, frankly, they're kind of boring because they, like, she can't do anything yet, you know? So I'm looking forward to her, yeah. like, being able to, you know, maybe crawl around or, uh, you know, tell me I'm making bad jokes or watch TV with me or something. I don't know. But, yeah, like, that's what I told my sister about my nieces. Like, I didn't even, like, really want to hang out with them until they were like four years old like, right. you, don't have, you don't have personalities yet like you're kind of boring yeah she's still in like the fourth trimester phase right so like she's really just surviving and and so yeah, sorry exactly. my wife so um she's adorable as hell though she's the cutest cutest baby you ever saw i haven't seen you post any pictures of her i should soon yeah yeah i mean when you when you feel comfortable about it like yeah. our friends set up like our friend was like, hey, we're not going to post any pictures of the baby on Instagram, please. Like, and they made like a private Instagram for the baby. Yeah. So huh. I, that's just what they did. Yeah. And I'm so just they're like, don't, so. don't share any of these photos. They're literally just for close friends. Hmm. All just, right, guys. I'm going to jump off here. All right. You guys take care. All right. Have a good yep. night. See take you. care. Bye. Bye. You guys been watching Obi-Wan? Uh, yeah, as soon as uh, we get off of this, I'm going to go watch episode three. Lucky. I'm probably going to have to wait till tomorrow. Pretty sure once this is over, I have to go to bed. So I've been watching King of the Hill instead. So. Oh, all right. All right. Well, yeah. Love me some King of the Hill. Oh, and Stranger Things, too. We've been watching Stranger Things. So. Oh, yeah. We binged that. Uh, on my birthday because I was like I, I want to just watch this all day <laughs> nice I still haven't watched season 2 I think I started it and then just never mm. finished it yeah but I've yeah, been... I kind of I kind of want to go back and watch it from the beginning because mm-hmm. like the kids are so big now <laughs> yeah oh, <not> really <laughs> nope you can't keep them young can't keep them young no I I know, but it's like it's just funny because like they're supposed to be like freshmen, uh huh, and and like they're clearly all eighteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Real uh, point so, world scenario. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. Man, I remember hearing rumors about uh, what's his name, like Caleb McLaughlin. No, uh, no, it's like Caleb Mazzarato, Mazza something. Yeah, and anyway, I heard rumors about him being static shock. Well, static, I mean, not static shock, but static for like the like casting rumors of them doing him for a static movie. Oh, that'd hmm. be bad because static is very much like a black character. Oh, wrong, wrong person then. Yeah, I, I think you're talking about um, the kid that plays Lucas. Yeah, that kid. Gotcha. I don't know. I don't know anyone's names in that show, so. Uh, yeah. Caleb, Caleb is um, Dustin. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't work. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, that would be, that would be really bad. Talking, <laughs> just getting their names and stuff. All right, I'm talking about the kid that plays Lucas. Yes, there was rumors yeah. that they're gonna be casting him, but if he looks like he's 18 now, like I don't know if that'll that'll work. The static. I mean, he, I mean, he could pass for a high schooler. I mean, just don't make static. Uh, don't make static a 14 year old. 
Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Good point. 